We are continuing our study in the book of Joshua. And we've looked thus far at the people. We're going to be, we started Joshua chapter 2. I can tell it went up then. Uh, but, and then we, uh, last week as we ended up, uh, we began chapter 2 and uh, I think you had prepared last week, before but last week, to be able to go into two, and we kind of got healed up a little bit. But anyway, um, they're preparing to enter the, the promised land. And the Lord's prepared Joshua, if you will, for leading the people uh, into the promised land. And what was the reoccurring phrase? You remember? Be strong. Be strong and of good courage. Um, Joshua, if you remember, in Joshua chapter 2 and verses 1 through 14, um, we see they're preparing to, to go into uh, the promised land. So let's, uh, let's begin there in Joshua uh, chapter 2 uh, this week as, as well. And uh, we'll pick up and and, and kind of read those first uh, few verses together in, in Joshua chapter 2. So let me get there. All right, so Joshua chapter 2 and verse 1 through uh, 14. And uh, my wife and I had a discussion the other day. I said, I'm going to have to change my study Bible get bigger print or get bigger eyes or something. So uh, anyway, Joshua chapter 2. Now Joshua the son of Nun sent out two men from Achaia Grove to spy secretly saying, go view the land, uh, especially Jericho. So they went and came to the house of a harlot named Rahab and lodged there. And it was told the king of Jericho, saying, Behold, men have come here tonight from the children of Israel to search out the country. So the king of Jericho sent to Rahab, saying, Bring out the men who have come to you, who have entered your house. For they have come to search out uh, all the country. Then the woman took the two men and hid them, so she said, Yes, the men came to me, uh, but I did not know where they were from. And it happened as the gate was being shut when it was dark that the men went out. Where the men went, I do not know. Pursue them quickly, for you may overtake them. But uh, she had brought them up to the roof and hidden them with the stalks of flax, which she had laid in order on the roof. Then the men pursued them by the road to the Jordan to the fords, and as soon as those who pursued them had gone out, they shut the gate. Now, before they lay down, she came up to them on the roof and said to them, I know that the Lord has given you the land, that the terror of you has fallen on us, and all the inhabitants of the land are faint hearted because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you 
when you came out of Egypt and what you did to the kings of the Amorites who were on the other side of the Jordan. Sion and Og, when you utterly destroyed. And as soon as we heard these things, our hearts melted. Neither did there remain any more courage in anyone because of you, for the Lord your God. He is God in heaven above and on earth beneath. Now therefore, I beg you, swear to me by the Lord, since I have shown you kindness, that you also will show kindness to my father's uh, house and give me a true token and spare my father, my mother, my brothers, my sisters, and all that have, and all that they have, and deliver our lives from death. So the men answered her, our lives for yours, if none of you tell this business of ours. And it shall be when the Lord has given us the land that we will deal kindly and truly with you. So that's the first 14 verses of uh, the chapter 2. And as we've already studied, the Lord has prepared Joshua, again, for leading the people into the promised land, that repeating statement that we mentioned just a moment ago, be strong and courageous because he is with them and will never leave him. And in preparation for entering that land, uh, again, he sends those spies in. We just read the account of that. So he tells them, he says, go in and specifically spy out the city of Jericho. So as they go into this city, as we talked about last week, they end up in a house of what? An harlot. Um, she was a prostitute. There's no other easier way or better way to say that. Um, it was important, uh, I think, as we mentioned last week when we ended up our study, to slow down and recognize who Rahab really is and, and really not sanitize or mislead uh, anyone or, or whatever of, of who she was and, and what kind of life that she um, uh, lived. So, and like I said, there's no easier, there's no prettier way to paint the picture than that, you know, she sells her body to men. And um, so we talked about last week, if you remember, why these men picked her house. Um, again, we identified, if you remember, that it would be a, um, a common sense, I guess you could say, a place to hide. Uh, because any strangers that entered uh, the, the, uh, the city would, would go there. Uh, and secondly, most scholars, um, uh, again, don't think that uh, what was a brothel, pretty much as we established last week, if you remember, but rather uh, likely to be a, a tavern or a hotel for people coming in. So I think that's important to note as well. So, a number of visitors would come in and out uh, of that house for a number of reasons. And so what, what does the king do in the passage that was read? What, is he, what does he do? Yeah, he, uh, he learns that the men of Israel have come to investigate the land. Uh, he immediately informs Rahab. Why do you think? 
Because he knows what? That's where strangers typically what? Go. Yeah, that's where they typically gather. Um, and they would stay in her house as an inn or a, or a hotel, whatever. Now, you would think her being a citizen of that city, that the spies would be doomed, right? Because she's part of that city. Um, and, you know, most certainly, uh, you know, it's not good to be a spy, if, if, you know, in the town if you're spying and everyone knows you're there. Uh, you think about that situation. But as in our passage talks about, Rahab does something shocking here, doesn't she? Rather than turning the men over, rather than seeking attention for her own self, she could be the hometown hero, if you think about it. She could say, oh, we've got men who are spying out our city, and here they are. And she could have made, we could call them, what do they call them, brownie points? Brownie points for the king? Uh, but she chose not, not to do that. Um, and not only this, she tells the authorities that the men already went out of town. And if they hurry, they can catch them. Um, so with all that said, why would she not turn these men over? Now, I want us to think about this, and, and the passage reveals that, verses uh, 8 through 11. Um, Well, yeah, what did, uh, what did the scripture say? It said, uh, we melt. Is that right? We melt because of you? Our hearts did melt, verse 11. Um, and their courage was gone too. Yeah. Because uh, there's more fighting for the Israelites than men. So their, their hearts was uh, melted, and like Brother Jimmy pointed out, the courage was gone as well. Now, Rahab knows that the Lord's given this land to Israel and all the people are afraid. Um, how does she know this? How does she know this? She spoke of it, did she? Exactly right. They had heard and remembered what happened 40 years earlier. Uh, Further, uh, they heard about how they destroyed the two kings in battle on the other side of the river, if you remember, on the east side of the Jordan. Um, and God had melted the hearts of the inhabitants through the victories over these nations. Now, you listen at her confession in, in verse 11. We've already referenced it here. Notice this. <clears throat> For the Lord your God, he is God in the heavens above and on the earth beneath. The motivation behind her actions, we could say, and that's the end of that uh, verse there, but the motivation behind those actions is that she knows these men are sent by God. And this means that she knew exactly why these two men had come and why she had protected them. Now, that's why she lies about the situation. Um... Now, let's talk about that for a second. Um, is it ever okay to lie? No, it's not. 
Some people really get stuck, uh, I guess you could say, on the fact that uh, about Rahab lying. Um, but especially when, if you remember in the book of Hebrews, the writer speaks of who? Rahab the heart of her faith. Um, giving a friendly welcome to the spies. And she did not, uh, uh, I guess we could say she did not lie for selfish reasons, we could say. Um, but she did realize that these men were carrying out God's will. So she acted to preserve them. And, uh, and, and I guess we could think about it back in Exodus chapter 1. Uh, kind of a similar situation. What did the midwives do? You remember? Yeah. Um, so, again, it's not ever okay to lie, um, but I think we have to carefully examine that. And, and uh, what, what's your thoughts on that? Anybody? If it's not okay to lie, What's your thoughts on that? That allows people to use their judgments uh, in line. It uh, allows us to make our own choices. Uh, you know, uh, Judas made the choice to, to betray Jesus, but instead of uh, doing something positive, he, he did something negative. Yeah. Her faith, because Hebrew writer speaks of her faith, right? Puts them right there in the middle of all the the heroes of faith, we'd say. She Conditions where the words where we won't go. The wrath of God. Exactly. Good thoughts. Good thoughts. Um, verses twelve and thirteen. What does she do? What does she makes a what? Makes a request, doesn't she? Hmm. Yeah. Oh. It says, because I've dealt kindly with you, please deal kindly with myself and my family. Deliver our lives from death. And, and we see the spies respond that if she does not report the town about their mission, uh, they, when the Lord gives them the land, they will deal kindly and faithfully with her. No. No, we're, we're going to talk a little bit about that just in a minute when we get into the applications of, of this chapter in, in the, our text. Um, chapter 2, in verses 15 through 24, um, we won't take time to read those for time's sake, but in verse 15, Rahab assists in the spies. Uh, where was her home? It was on, it was what? 
on the outer wall, wasn't it? Sent them out the window. She tells the men to go hide in the, the hills for three days, right? Uh, kind of let things cool down and the pursuers would give up. Uh, the men confirmed their oath to her, but they also give her conditions. Now, we spoke of that just a moment ago. There was salvation involved with this from the wrath of God because even the, the prophets and things prophesied and and later on that you know uh, they would that they would take over the cities that God would give them the cities and, and God would be with them and help them to overcome uh, these these cities and, and the battles and things which they were uh, involved in but again there were conditions uh, what was one of the first conditions they said for her to do you know it well what was it yeah, put the scarlet thread cord in the window. Uh, when they come, chapter 2 and verse 18. Uh, secondly, what was the other thing? That's right. All her family needed to be gathered in one place to be rescued. Verses 18 and 19. What was the third condition? That she not what? That's right. Wouldn't tell them what their business was and about their mission, that they were there, verse 20. And she agrees to all those terms and ties a scarlet cord to her window. Uh, they hide in the hills, and they come back, and they tell Joshua all that had happened. Now, notice that, it, that it's confirmation to Joshua and, and, and the people. Uh, chapter 2 and verse 24 Truly the Lord had given all the land into our hands, and also the inhabitants of the land melt away because of us. So, uh, again, there were conditions for her to receive that salvation from the hand or the wrath of God, if you will. Now, I want us to think just for a moment. There's a reason why uh, this historical event is recorded for us. Uh, you remember in Romans chapter 15 and verse 4, Paul writes and says, he told us that things that were written in the former days were written for our what? Our learning, instruction, um, so we could have endurance, so we could have encouragement. Uh, so what, what's the message and let's think about this as we wrap this up in just the next few minutes. What's the message from this account of Rahab? Um, there, there's, there's a few things that God is proclaiming here and who is showing and that still are relevant today. And I think we have to, uh, they're very noticeable. But what about we see God creating faith, if you will. Um, God had already been doing his work, striking fear in the hearts of the land and the inhabitants. Um, we see God's fame spreading, if you will. She said they had heard uh, about that, the actions of Israel. The people knew what God had done for his own glory against Egypt. They had heard of that. 
And there's a reason why these historical things are that we are have accounts even today to be remembered, and even for these people and how it plays into this situation. You know, you think go back and you think about when they left uh, Egypt, the Exodus. You know, that was to be a uh, global story that people would remember from then on. Still true today, isn't it? Uh, the people knew what God had done. Uh, and stories like that for these people in this time and even for us today should create what? What should it create in us? Faith. Should create faith. If we believe that this is the inspired word of God and these, these stories and these accounts of stories in the history of God's people are true, then it should create faith in us. Now, let's take that into our realm today. God hasn't parted the Red Sea in our lifetime. He hasn't done a lot of the things that he done, the plagues and all that during our lifetime. But what has God done in your life? Number one, he sent who? Jesus Christ. Sent his son to die for us. Okay. Now, let's talk about just for a moment in your life that things God has done. What's something in your life that God has done that you know God had a hand in it? What do you think? Anybody want to speak up? Bringing you together with your mate. What else? Anybody? God ain't seen y'all through nothing. Do what? Help us be together. Trials. What else has God done for you? Do what? Blessed us with our kids. Uh, you ever been bad sick? Anybody? Anybody ever had a car wreck? You was in bad shape? Maybe you didn't think you was going to make it? Now, through the medical things that we have today, and, and God had a big hand in that. God created man, allowed him to be smart enough to figure these things out, didn't he? It's in God's hands. How should we look at that? Now, what I'm saying with all this, these things in our life, Brother Jimmy brought out mate. I always use that one. I tell my kids that all the time. <laughs> I said, God put me with your mama. I said, he knew I needed her. But there was times when I didn't, before then, I was like, I'll never get married. I'll never find a good Christian woman. And then one day when I wasn't even looking, guess what? There she was. Now, now I, I say that, you know what that done for me? It increased, it helped me create what? Faith. Now, these things that happen in your life that you know God's behind, it should make you stronger in your faith. It should. That we have a total dependence upon God. Now, that's what God was doing with the exodus of out of Egypt with these people. 
you know, days and days way beyond. He said, here's the Exodus years or whatever. You know, here it is, and this is what happened. They had heard of these things. Now, they passed them on down to each other. What such a lesson for us today? What should we do with our own children? Pass it on down and take every opportunity with your children and your grandchildren to say, this is what happened to me and God seen me through it and God will do the same for you if what? You remain faithful. If you meet his conditions. I tell my children that my, their grandmothers and grandfathers, uh, not all their grandfathers, but one of them, and great-grandfathers, are in paradise awaiting to go to heaven. I can say that because I know what kind of life they lived. As far as I knew, they were faithful people. And they wanted to go to heaven and did what it took to go to heaven. I share that with my children because I want them to create a what? A faith in who? God. And that's who we gotta have. That's what we gotta do. So God has done that all through the years to be able to create faith in people and nations, if you will. And I think that's a key thing today in our world. Um, so we're seeing God intentionally bringing salvation to the Gentiles way before the New Testament, to people outside of the children of Israel. You know, we think about it, God did not need a spy, did he? No. God didn't need a spy to spy out the land. God was going to fight for the people and, and give them the victory. But God used that to show the world a picture of how he would redeem his people, even people, not even, not even the chosen generations. Even today, we say, you know, the Gentiles back in the New Testament. God used that to show them. You see, God is creating faith in this Gentile woman, and the Exodus was to be that faith creator, if you will. He's using events today that should create faith for you that you and I should pass down to our generations to come to help create their faith. And as they get older, things are going to do what in their life? Things are going to what? Happen. And if we've trained them right, who are they going to give the credit? God. And then you got faith. That's even stronger, right? Romans 10, verse 17. So then faith come up by what? Hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's where it all states, starts, rather. So you go on. So you see a creating faith. Then you see an indiscriminate uh, faith for all people. Anyone can, can develop and have faith. Is that right? Yeah. God sent his son for what? Mankind. Anyone can develop that, regardless of the depth of their sinfulness or background. Now you think about this woman, Rahab. She was doomed. She was a prostitute, sold her body to men. Gentile, outside of the, 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 uh, the children of Israel, Canaanite. She was part of a nation that deserved destruction. 
There's really nothing about her that is worth saying, to be honest with you. She's not an Israelite. That's right. Exactly right. She's exactly right. That's exactly right. She was a wicked person, but she has something necessary for salvation. She had that faith that was created through God. And if God will save Rahab, then anyone we could say could be saved, if you think about it. You know, wasn't a good person. You know, no one is beyond God's love. No one is beyond God's concern. No one is beyond God's reach. And, and, and I think, uh, like Brother Jimmy said, there's a great lesson there to be learned. That good things can come from bad people. And bad people can become good people. Um. So it doesn't matter who you are or what you are or what you've done, you can be saved, even today. Um, and this story of Rahab is meant to be remembered. So yet even more amazing as we go on, as part of the, the, the she, her name is, is labeled and put right in there with the faithful. Not only is she listed in Hebrews 11 for her faith, but she's also, um, when you go back in Matthew chapter 1 and verse 5, the lineage, right, uh, leading up to Christ, the birth of our Lord. Think about she's going to marry someone in Israel. They're going to have children. There's a country song. Three wooden crosses, y'all heard that one? Should have been four. That preacher laid that bloodstained Bible in her hand, and the young man was preaching that Sunday, and he said, that was my mama. And she was a prostitute, a bad person, if you will. But even good can come from bad people. So you, you look at how this is, has, has come uh, all the way around. Her sinfulness, is, is, you know, she's changed, a changed person. Her profession is washed away. She's given a whole new life um, through the salvation God brought to Jericho. Finally, we see that faith will be necessary for salvation. James even mentions her, doesn't he? James chapter 2. And in the same way was not also Rahab the prostitute justified by works when she received the messenger and sent them out by another way. And then he goes into that familiar passage you're all familiar with. For as the body um, without the spirit is dead, so also faith without works is what? Dead. James 2, 25 and 26. And Rahab's faith is amazing and represents the faith needed for salvation. First, she knows. Now notice, this is with anybody. First, she knows and recognizes that the Lord is God in heaven and above and on earth. Secondly, she asks for salvation. Thirdly, 
She forfeits her own earthly citizenship. Now notice the correlation with Christianity today. People have to, what do we say? They have to hear the word, right? Believe, believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Repent of those sins. Of course, she wasn't under that law. But it's a correlation to what we even are today. And finally, she acts on her faith. Same thing today. People want to stop it at here believing and whatever. They want to stop right there. Just believe. They don't want to carry out. For her to be saved from the wrath of God in the city of Jericho, there was conditions. What were those conditions? She had to be where? In the house. What she had to have in the window? Cord. Call it cord. And anybody else that was going to be saved from the wrath of God needed to be in that house. Today we have a house. What house is that? The Lord's church. The Jesus body of Christ, right? Acts chapter 2 and verse 47. They added to the church such as should be saved. Daily, right? Daily they added people to such to be saved. The church. That the church in Matthew chapter 16 verse 18 that Peter confessed. So you, make, you lay all that out and you get the same situation but hundreds and hundreds of years later. So you see the correlation with that. God used the exodus that we talked about, glory, the power of God, and that new exodus is through Christ even today uh, he has people set apart and notice in the book of James the book of James the Rahab the harlot is, is and even in Hebrews or rather by the name of Abraham right there with the heroes of faith and I hear the kids coming so I've got to stop right there